1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Hot Off the Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I. Guys, it's so early in the morning that I'm recording. Um, but you know what? It's Tuesday. It's the day after President's Day. Um, I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. Um, I'm going to be recapping Real Housewives of Potomac as well as Summer House. I, for some reason, thought Vanderpump Rules was on last night. I got the schedules all mixed up because right now we. Have a lot going on. We have Potomac, we have Summerhouse, New Jersey, uh, Vanderpump Rules, and um, Miami. So, so much happening, um, which is amazing. I'm obsessed. But first, before I get into Potomac, I do want to talk about some news that's been going on in the Bravo Cinematic Universe. So, first, I want to talk about the Joe and Gia situation. So, over the weekend, Joe and Melissa started our. Okay, let me start over. Joe and Melissa went on vacation. It appeared Joe was in the Bahamas. And you know who else is in the Bahamas? Is Joe Giudice. Um, That is where he, I believe, lives now. I don't think he lives in Italy full time. I believe he's like strictly a Bahama mama. And um, there was this video of Joe, the Joes, hugging and joe Gorga made like a post about it and he was like brother like no matter what we've gone through like the ups and the downs like it was so amazing like running into you in our old spots like (sighs) and i'm i thought this was so fake so stupid because it's just so clearly like he handed his phone to someone to take a video of them hugging And I'm like, why? And I understand this idea of like, well, why can't they move on and like bury the hatchet? It's like, well, because they don't really, how do I say this? Like, I feel like they don't really need to do that. Like, it's not like Joe Dudice is like a huge part of his life anymore. He doesn't live here. Teresa's not married to him anymore. Like, there's really no need to like bury the hatchet, but also like Jojo Dice has done and said horrible things about Joe Gorga and Melissa that I'm like, what is this for? And I feel like it was a little dig at Teresa, like, see, like, look at your ex-husband, like him and I can get along now. Like basically like, why can't, why can't we? So I don't know. The whole thing, it honestly rubbed me the wrong way, which is kind of crazy because normally I, I don't know, normally I'm. Not so anti-Joe and um, Melissa, but sometimes, you know, it's pretty transparent, like, what they're doing. Um, So, yeah, this is what Joe Gorga said. Both walked into the same bar at the same time. A lot of history here. We have memories since we were kids. I'm happy he's doing well and looks good. We were both happy to see each other and catch up. Glad someone caught it. Glad someone caught it. Sir, be fucking for real. And, like, if you watch the video, like, Joe Judas looks – Like, he hates this man. Like, he's barely hugging him and touching him. Gia comments. Gia's entered the chat. This is honestly comical, knowing you were with him for not even five minutes and were able to have somebody take a video of the interaction. Meanwhile, all you have done is talk so poorly about my father. You are such an opportunist to take advantage of the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see my father and use it for a post um I I always laugh when Gia calls him her father like she's I don't know maybe that's like an Italian thing because I guess Joe Gorga did that with his dad he's like when he was screaming in his face at the christening he was like you're my father but um Gia's terrifying um if Gia was ever in my comments like I would immediately just apologize and be like I'm so sorry I'll do whatever you want but I gotta tell you I don't disagree with her and that's rare for me Um, I don't really disagree with her. I think it's just like really transparent and really not genuine. Um, But I also, I mean, of course, I'm like, well, Gia, like he talked poorly about your dad because he sent your mom to fucking prison and he was a monster. Like we need to stop with the revisionist history that your dad is like some fucking angel. Like that's what I don't understand about the girls is like in their mind, their dad is like can do no wrong. And it's like, actually he can that's why he's no longer here he did so many so much illegal shit got your mom sent to prison for a year was absolutely horrible and verbally abusive to all of you like what are you fucking talking about but then joel Gorga responds we both said horrible things about each other it was a nice moment we have a lot of history get the hate out of your heart now there is controversy with this comment because it was originally posted by melissa quickly taken down, then he posted the same thing. And Melissa came out and said, um, you know, Joe had my phone. He didn't realize that it was logged into my account, blah, blah, blah. But it was still Joe nonetheless. Uh, This family is a mess. And I truthfully, unless they get off television, I don't think that they will ever, ever reconcile. Ever. And the one thing that does always kind of bother me is the the Gorga kids, the um, Melissa and Joe's kids. They never get involved. They never get in the mix. And they, I feel like they could say so many things and be like, "Your mom called my mom a whore and a stripper." says she cheats on my dad. Says this about my dad, but they don't. They don't say anything. And. So, I do kind of feel that that part of it does frustrate me a little bit because it's like I wish the kids would kinda of stay out of it, but I guess she is not really a kid anymore. I don't know the whole situation is honestly a little bit exhausting. um, you guys know how I feel about when things go on in social media, like it kind of just like drain it honestly drains me. I'm like keep it for the cameras, keep it for the cameras please, but I guess that's what you get when you post videos hugging Joe fucking Judas. Oh, like why? Why are we all pretending that Joe wasn't like this fucking demon? Like he was terrible to them. Terrible, terrible. The way he would talk to them, the way he would scream at his kids and like tell them that they were fucking idiots and like tell them to shut up. Like he's a horrible person. Horrible. Next up, drama afoot in Vanderpump Rules, in, Vander- in Vanderpump Valley. <laughs> so, Sheena went on a podcast and said that she was really confused by Katie's reaction because Katie gave Sheena her blessing to set Raquel and Schwartz up. Katie was like, Are you okay? Like, that did not happen. I don't know why you thought I would ever agree to that, Um, but no, babe, that's, that's that's not it. And guys, Katie's pulling receipts. She's posting texts. She's like coming for Sheena, Sheena Shea from Marina Del Rey. So Katie posts, back in May after we spoke in Vegas, I told Sheena I wasn't down for this shit, so keep going with the diabolical nonsense. The text read um sheena texts her and says so was that you putting up a front and katie goes when in public that's how i present sheena responds literally why would i think you were lying to my face you were telling me how much happy you are etc etc so i've been happy for you and katie goes anyway i just wanted to let you know i tried RSVP for your wedding but couldn't and sheena goes i talked to shelby and she said you're booked And then Sheena goes, you literally told me in Vegas that you want Tom to move on because it'll make it easier for you because you had already and you encouraged me to push him to move on. And Katie goes, I want him to move on. Of course, that's not really what I'm getting at. And then Sheena goes, so that's what I've been doing because that's what you asked me. And then Sheena goes into her usual like. Poor me like this is everything i've been going through like she does this shit all the time Whenever sheena's backed into a corner She immediately starts talking about all the hardships that she's facing currently and she goes The past few weeks we had brock's families in town his birthday mother's day a flood twice travel across the country and just started therapy I'm, not even planning my own wedding She's just so exhausting (laughs) and then um Katie goes, "I don't need you to help Tom with anything. Sheena, get a fucking grip. My life is a fucking mess." And Sheena goes, "I understand that now. When we were when we caught up in Vegas, it was a very different story you gave me, so forgive me for being caught off guard for a moment." And Katie goes, "I was nothing supportive of supportive for you when you went through your divorce." And she goes, "I want" Sheena then replies and says, "I want to be here for both you and Tom. You're both my friends and I love you." So Katie says, after laying some groundwork, inviting Schwartz and Raquel to her birthday and not me, it was very obvious, but sure, too busy to check in with me. Um, yeah. And then they go on, they're going back and forth, talking about like whose life is harder right now. And Sheena goes, and I've been stressed as fuck raising a kid, wondering if I still have a job. So I'm sorry I haven't checked in the past few weeks when I was convinced in Vegas, that you are so much happier right now. I'm so sorry that's not the case. And this is hard. I know how fucking hard it is. I've been there too. And Katie's like, you're always making it about you. And uh Sheena goes, No, I'm explaining. I have sympathy for the situation. So here's the thing that I don't think Sheena's understanding. I don't think Sheena's understanding that like Katie is done with Tom. Katie does not want to be back with Tom. Katie wants Tom to move on. What Katie doesn't want is her. One of her longest and best friends facilitating a relationship or matchmaker, play matchmaker between a girl in their group, Raquel, and her ex husband. I don't think that that's crazy. I'm sorry. I don't think Katie's like, I don't want him to date. I don't think Katie's like, I want him for myself. I don't think that is what Katie is saying, like, literally at all. I think she's just like, Sheena of course when we caught up in vegas i'm gonna tell you i'm fine but that doesn't mean that i want my ex-husband the you know the ink is like barely you know dry off the paper to date a girl in our group for a tv show and that's what that's what katie's saying she's like sheena needed a storyline so that's why she got involved and i honestly agree i don't think Sheena had much going on, even though I know that she said that she traveled across the country twice and she had a flood, et cetera, et cetera. I don't really care. I, I think she was feeling a little insecure about her spot on the show, obviously, because she said in the text, I was worried if I had a job or not. And Katie is like not having it. And I totally get it. I would be so pissed too. And then... And then Raquel over the weekend posts a picture with Tom and the girl got ate the fuck up in the comments. People were like, girl, you are so fucking embarrassing. This is so transparent. Like, how dare you do this to Katie? Like, you look fucking pathetic. Because it's like, why are you now trying to like get why are you trying to like hurt Katie now? Like now it's very clear what you're trying to do. And that's not OK. And again, it's like Tom standing up for everybody. But Katie, it's like Katie is just getting shit on left and right. And I just think people are a little confused. Like Katie doesn't want to be with Tom and want, and she also wants time to move on. But I also don't think she wants one of her good friends to like play matchmaker with another girl in the group. Like I don't get what people aren't getting about that. And I also think Raquel is very opportunistic. And that is why she goes on dates with everybody in the Bravo cinematic universe. I'm sorry. She dated James to get on the show. She, um, went on dates with Peter and led him on. She's dating. She's going out with Tom Schwartz. Like, and then I know that she was like dating that Nima guy. So from Shaz, it's like Raquel, babe what the fuck like she's just she's coming off a little pathetic i'm sorry i there's a part of me that really likes raquel because i feel like sorry for her but i you know what i'm more of i'm on team katie i'm on team katie about this i really am all right enough of that let's get into the potomac part one reunion (sighs) i missed them I know that they were only offered screens for like a week because of the Super Bowl, but I really miss them. They, um, I mean, their call time is so fucking early. I would be so pissed. That is the longest day ever. Like they had to get to hair and makeup at like five thirty six a.m. And they're going to be filming until probably 10 or 11 p.m. Like I would, and then they go out after bitch, I could never, I could never, I would be like in sweats on my ass in, in my hotel getting room service. Like it just wouldn't happen. So the girlies are showing up. I did have to die laughing when Karen saw Andy, like, you know how, like when Andy makes his rounds to every room, he, Karen was like, so is Charisse going to be here? Because you guys were giving her a lot of screen time. And Andy just loves these women. Andy really comes alive for the Salt Lake City reunion. I think he was like pretty drained as we all were. And you could just tell he's like got the twinkle in his eye. He's ready to go. And, you know, the girls are making their way to the couches and they're being told where they're sitting. And so to remind you, it's on from we're going left to right. Mia, Robin, Candace, Karen, Andy, Giselle, Ashley, and Wendy. And all of them were like, this is so fucking random. Like normally Robin and Giselle are sitting next to each other. Um, it, like Wendy and Candace are usually by each other. Like it it was very weird, but I kind of appreciated it. And like Andy pointed out, he was like, You guys have a very like your dynamics are always changing within this group. So it's not the seating arrangement like made sense to production, you know? Like Because there's going to be some back and forth and you don't want it to be like right next to each other because that like makes it less dynamic to watch, I guess. Um, Yeah, I think the women look really beautiful. And I have to tell you guys, Giselle's dress is growing on me. Like I thought it was a monstrosity when I saw it. I thought it was hideous. I'm not like getting my eyes on it. And I'm like, is it that bad? I think like sitting down, it looks good. If that makes sense to me, the worst, the two worst dressed are Karen. Cause it looks cheap as hell and her hair looks crazy. And I gotta tell you, I think Ashley's dress is disgusting. It's like giving figure skater meets showgirls. And I, I don't like it. Like there's a there's a lot happening there. Obviously, my favorite, I believe, is Candy's feather dress, and Wendy's like peacock, um, butterfly, dragonfly uh, type type dress. Um, those are my favorites. Uh, but yeah, I think Robin's looks the best sitting down. So does Candice's because she's got like the big feathers. But I do think Robin looks really pretty. Mia's is like just very basic it's giving basic, but I really enjoy, I like her hair and her makeup. I think it looks really pretty. But anyway. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app
0: right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a
1: trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
0: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to
1: your happy price, price line. So we get off right, we get started right away. And Andy's like, So, Giselle, you're basically dating Jason from Winterhouse. And we learn that Luke set them up. So we learn that Giselle told Ashley, like, Oh, like Jason's like pretty cute. And Luke got right on that. He sent him a text and Jason DM Giselle. And now they're like hanging out. I mean, there's like a real item. I mean, they were at the summer house premiere party together, I think. Yeah. Last week. So I'm kind of into that. Like, and Giselle seems happy. She's got a little pep in her step. She seems not as like, um, how do I say negative, hateful, spiteful. I don't know, but that's, that TBD on that. Um, and then, you know, obviously we learned that Ashley and Luke did break up and we get a little bit of insight into their breakup and it all had to do with Michael Darby. So much Michael Darby chat on this on this uh, episode. Also, really quick, I do want to make note that uh, Andy was like, so is Juan coming today and she's like, oh no, he's working. And he goes, I figured. Andy is so fucking shady. Also, Oh my God, I can't believe I almost – oh my God, fire me. I can't believe I almost forgot that intro to this episode with the flashes and the um, recordings of Robin talking about wands and discretions with the girl from Instagram. Bravo is so fucking pissed at her. Like they are pissed at Miss Robin Dixon. Because now we're getting, like, a one-on-one with her and Andy. Like, they are basically like, Bitch, you put your life behind a fucking paywall and we're paying you? Oh, no, no. No, no, no. You're you're not getting out of this one. She's Her feet are being held to the fire. And Bravo's just not having it. They're not having it. And I'm loving it. And Andy was like, So, congrats, you're married. <laughs> she was like, thank you. And, you know, Karen is, Karen is not having it either. She's like, this is a fucking joke. Their relationship is a fucking joke. And as we know, it kind of appears to be um, that way. But uh, that's more to come, more to come next week. So Ashley starts talking about her and Luke. And then we learn that, you know, Luke basically was like. You have a really strange arrangement with your ex-husband. It makes me uncomfortable. You need to set better boundaries, stronger boundaries because this man is like controlling you. And this is what Candace has been trying to say for years is that Michael controls Ashley. This is what she's been saying. And we'll get to that later, but I guess Michael dropped the kids off on a Sunday but he was supposed to have them until Monday but I'm like well why did he not fulfill his end of the agreement got questions about that um and Luke was over cuz he was thinking that the kids weren't going to be there and so he had to leave and it was like that's a lot like that's a lot of like back and forth that's a lot of you know this man is clearly trying to control Ashley and Luke you know she said she was falling in love she said she was falling in love with Luke. That's really sad. Like, and Andy was like, I hope that, you know, maybe you guys can get back together. And Ash was like, Well, I'm not really that worried about it. She's like, I'm dating already. And he was like, Oh, okay. But like she said, I think when you get out of a long term relationship, the first person that you date after is normally the one that you're like, Oh my God, I think I'm in love. Like it goes really fast. And then you are like, You take a step back and you're like, Wait. I actually shouldn't be dating this person right now because I'm not in the head space, the heart space to take this on. Um, And that's clearly what happened. Also, she can't, I think she can file now because it's February. Um, But I just think, I also think that that law is like really fucking crazy. I don't really get it. Like, why do you have to wait a year to be divorced? It just doesn't make sense. Um, Let's just actually, you know what? I was going to kind of go in order, but now I'm just going to go from like girl to girl because there was a lot that was discussed. So Ashley was talking about her divorce from Michael. Ashley Darby is a clown. Love her to death. Think she's a great housewife. But when it came to these life choices, she was not smart. I don't think she got a lawyer to look at her prenup. I don't think she got a lawyer to look at any of the paperwork that she signed even Wendy at one point was like, "Why did you sign that?" Because it comes out, it turns out Ashley's not going to be getting any alimony. So Ashley's really all she's going to get is the house and child supported. It, it appears, and she said that there's provisions in the document that state that, like, if she were to come on hard times, that like there's um, like a cushion. And Candace is sitting there, letting her finish, letting her go, letting her tell her truth. And then she comes in with a bazooka. And I was like, get it, girl. You speak on it. Because Candace is like, I just think it's funny that when I was living in a home that my mother helped pay for, my mother every it was the topic of conversation for everybody it was the thing that everybody used against me but you are living in a house that your ex-husband paid for and somehow that's different or that's better and ashley was like well you better believe when my kids are 30 like we're not going to be paying for their houses she's like you've never paid for anything what the fuck do you know really ashley darby and I'm like, thank you for fucking saying that because it never made any sense. And I appreciate that the editors and the producers playing the flashback of Ashley really coming for Candace about living in her mother's home. And it's like, well, you live in Michael's house. You live in Michael's house and you you didn't set yourself up the way that you thought you did, babe. Because like what Candace said, she's like all you wanted was the materialistic stuff that was in your your divorce. It's like, oh, as long as he gives me a house, like I'm fine. She's like, you're a fucking idiot. You're an idiot and it's coming back to bite you and this man is going to control you until the rest of your fucking life because that is the way that you've set things up for yourself. And Candace is like, everybody came at me and telling me I was like unaccomplished and I was this, that and whatever. She's not. And I was glad that Andy like got kind of in the mix about that and kind of looked at Ashley and was like, so do you, what do you have to say now? It's like, just because her mother helps her or helped her doesn't mean that she's not accomplished. And I've always fucking said that because in my mind, I was like, that is what all of these women are working towards is for that goal to help their kids eventually. Tamra judge helped Ryan. I mean, well, Ryan's like a mess, but like, look at like Kyle Richards. Like I'm sure she helps her daughters in some capacity. Like everybody wants to give their kids, give their kids more than they had or just help them in any way. So I never understood this, like this I- idea that what Candace's mom was doing for her was like so wrong. I really didn't get it. Um, and I obviously, I still don't. And for Ashley to, to leave to walk away from this shitty fucking marriage where this man ran her ragged through the streets, made her embarrassed her every chance he got, grabbed ass off camera, on camera, had sex with people in hotels, you know, with his saggy little undies. And she gets nothing. I mean, even Mia was like, oh, girl, like, oh no, like, that's not good. Like, she was like, yikes. Um, yeah. So I did really appreciate that. Um, then we go to Mia. What's going on there with Mia? She was explaining, she was using a lot of words, a lot of terminology. Like she was just kind of talking a lot, but not saying anything, if that makes sense. Like I I was like, what are you getting at, babe? And basically what she was getting at is they have nothing. They have nickels and they're living off their savings because something with the family and they took them off um, the ownership deed of the joint chiropractic. And, you know, I'm like, well, why would you enlist your family and friends in all of this? That's kind of the part I never really understood. Like. I didn't, I don't, I still don't get that. Like, why did you in basically enroll all of these people into the joint chiropractic with you? Um, And I did laugh when she said that she was coastal, and like no one was understanding what she was saying and people were laughing at her. And a part of me like did kind of feel bad because it's like, she is being as honest as she can be. Well, also lying guys, this is what I just can't make heads or tails of. Mia. Like she's she's clearly not making any sense but in her mind i think she's being very truthful i mean she literally said she's like we're living off of our savings we're in a hotel we're in an apartment um we're renting that house um that they did sixty five thousand dollars worth of res- renovations on i'm like well, it's not your house babe why are you doing that don't spend money on that it's like crazy um and, you know, Wendy and Candace, the eyes that they were shooting each other were just like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Um, yeah. You know, Karen was very silent during this reunion. So I need Charisse to come on. And I'm really excited Jack, excited Jack Attack is um, coming on next week. It appears that Mia has a, bo- a bedazzled box of receipts and a moment. And Chris Lewis and I were talking about this. He texts me. He goes, "There's a moment that happens between Andy and Giselle that made me realize that Giselle's never leaving this show. And I agree. I don't want Giselle to leave the show. I just wish Giselle was a little bit more honest and forthcoming about her life. Um That's what I wish. and didn't like try to meddle in like people's like business with their relate you know, and relationships. Um, and there was a moment where, They were kind of like all freshening up their makeup and Giselle just looked at him and was like have you ever been with a woman (laughs) and he was like no and she's like do you want to and he was like yeah kind of and she was like what and then it was a really like funny moment it's a moment that made me really realize like wow andy loves her loves this show sometimes it feels good to like see him have that little twinkle back in his eye that andy cohen twinkle Um, cause sometimes it's gone. (laughs) Sometimes it looks like it's left the fucking building. Um, and then of course, you know, the Candace and Giselle stuff was tough and Andy coming to Candace's defense. If you guys have been watching this show since the beginning, you know, that Andy has been like so hard on Candace. He has really made Candace's life Kind of tough at reunions he asks her really tough questions. He kind of drags her a little bit. He kind of makes fun of her a little bit, but this time he was like, "'Wait, why is it weird if a man and a woman who are friends go into a room together like this isn't the dark ages, this isn't colonial times like why are we why are we doing this? And I totally understand that um and I'm really glad that Candace got to say her piece to Giselle. Uh, Giselle, I don't think was very understanding, and of course, Robin just, you know, was being Robin. And you know, when Robin was like, "I would not feel comfortable with a man going into a hotel," I'm like, "Well, Robin, <laughs> I mean, your your husband allegedly only." paid for this woman's hotel but didn't go inside never spent any time with her but did have communication with her beforehand but don't worry nothing happened like what what are we doing and this is why i this is now that i'm watching the reunion i'm like i get why bravo's so pissed because it's like it had so many she could have said so many things it could have come out so many different ways and it never did and she put it behind a paywall it just ugh, ugh. <sighs> but anyway, I hope Karen uh, wakes up next next episode. And I, I think she will. I think she'll get activated if Charisse comes out, um, which we know she does.
0: Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip, you ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: So Summer House, we're in the second episode of the new season. And you know immediately they're they're celebrating the 4th of July. They're going to the beach. And this Chris character, this Chris, the photographer, gets immediately friend zoned by all the girls, (laughs) like immediately. They looked him dead ass in the face and were like, your friend's hot as they're applying lotion to him. And this is the thing about men like this is like they're conventionally attractive. So they just like automatically think that they like it's almost like an Alex from last year where he just doesn't have any game and he doesn't have any like joie de vie and just doesn't really get why the girls aren't like falling for him. And then when his friend shows up, I'm like, okay, I like totally understand why they're not talking to Chris. I totally understand. Um, Something about this group dynamic. It just feels off. I can't put my finger on what it is. I don't know if it's like all the, all of the new people, Um, I, you know, I, I can't figure it out, but being on the beach, it just felt like kind of like a mishmash, hodgepodge of people just drinking lover boys in the beating down sun. Um, and I'm going to talk about something and it might be triggering to some. So trigger warning, Amanda making a comment about her boobs. And I think we're all seeing what we're seeing and it's a little unsettling and um it's a little unsettling if we're being completely honest and i don't think that that's like wrong of me to say because i think it's like pretty clear but um for her to me like make a comment about her boobs um she's like aren't my boobs so much better and maya basically was like not really she's like i loved your boobs like we all Commented on Amanda's boobs. Like, Amanda's boobs were like the best boobs on Bravo. Like, everyone, everyone is obsessed with her boobs. I talked to her before on this podcast, or no, for an article for The Dip. And I was like, listen, the Batula hoops, we're talking and we love your boobs. And she was like, thank you. Oh my God. So I just feel like I'm a little concerned. My antennas are up. Um, I hope she's okay. It's, it's just concerning and I'm staying it out of just concern. I'm not, you know, trying to shame anybody's body type at all, but to see someone like drastically lose this much weight and look so thin, um, I'm just worried. It's, I, you know, I think she's beautiful. I really like Amanda. Um, it just, kind of concerned me and I don't know if every I feel like everybody's seeing it and you know I just hope that she um is okay um yeah so that's pretty much all I wanted to say about that because the comment if if she didn't make a comment I probably wouldn't have said anything but because she did I was like okay like there's you know I don't know something going on and I don't think anyone should be in her comments like talking about her body like being like eat a cheeseburger like you can go fuck yourself if you talk like that. Um, because you just never know what's going on with someone. Like there could be like an issue, there could be, who knows. Um, but it just it it's start, you know, like it is startling. Um, because she always was a like voluptuous, like she had the boobs. She was always like thin, like she was always thin, but she always had like the boobs and like, you know, I was always very jealous because she had like the best boobs and had a flat stomach still. And that's like impossible, honestly. Um So Maya and Kyle have a conversation on the beach and they're talking about Carl and Lindsay. Well, they're talking about Carl and then they start talking about Lindsay because they're using Lindsay as their little scapegoat. It is so fucking obvious what is happening on this show. Because. Carl is sober. Carl takes his sobriety journey seriously. Carl lost his brother. Okay. So for Kyle to then be like, something's going on with Carl. Like, I just feel like, you know, him and I aren't on the same page. And Maya's like, oh, yeah, me too. Like, ever since he got with Lindsay, it's like, no, Carl's allowed to grow up. Carl's allowed to put focus and emphasis on his relationship. And that doesn't make him whipped. That doesn't make him you know a bitch boy it doesn't make him any of those things and and it's just so fucking clear that they just want this to be lindsay's fault because you're like oh once he moved in with lindsay like we haven't heard from him and it's like well i'm i think carl's a big boy and i think carl can like make his own decisions but i also think carl is now almost 40 years old and is like, okay, what am I doing with my life? I'm with the person I want to be with. How do I, like, now what? I don't understand. And the way that Maya and Lindsay have very different recollections of what happened, I, I think Maya is maybe not used to how abrasive Lindsay is. Because when Lindsay talks, she's like very direct. And she's very, she's emotional, but she's also just very clear. And I don't think that Maya was prepared for that in the car because Lindsay said on Watch What Happens Live, she was like, it was like a three-minute car ride, five minutes. Like we weren't in the car arguing back and forth for like, you know, 30 minutes. She's like, it was very quick. I thought we were fine. We texted her asking her where she was because we were all heading to dinner and um you know she's like it just didn't make any sense like what the fuck happened so she was like really confused and this is the shit that pisses me off it's like okay so you clearly aren't her real friend because why didn't you just like talk to her about this maya's like i take my friendships really seriously it's like do you do you because carl's sober And he's not smoking anymore. And that's all Lindsay was saying. So then her and Lindsay start having a conversation. It does not start off well at all. Maya, in my opinion, was being a brat and was like, all right, Lindsay. Yeah, sure. Sure. And Lindsay was like, what the fuck? Like, I thought we were fine. We're clearly not. I'm not. I was not drinking at the time because of Carl. So I didn't think it was appropriate for then Carl to smoke like that's that's what happened. And I'm glad that they like eventually, quote unquote, resolved it by basically just being like, yeah, we'll be cordial to each other in the house. Because if Lindsay can do one thing is she can like act. She acts unbothered. And I think that that is what the girls like don't understand. They don't understand how they can keep coming and coming and coming for her. And she genuinely just keeps living her life like she keeps like walking around the house like nothing is wrong. And that's just how she copes and that's how she survives, basically. I don't know. It just really was a frustrating conversation to watch. Um, and I'll never forget when I ordered Maya's cookies and they never came and I just had to cancel my order after two months of not getting them. So maybe I'm a little salty about that. Um, and so then Kyle and Carl then have a conversation on the beach And Carl's like, yeah, like I've been, you know, really thinking about this a lot. You know, this is a conversation I want us to have. I've been making notes like, you know, that, you know, people think like I'm the face of the brand. It's been really hard. I've been traveling a lot. I'm exhausted. I'm feeling really burnt out. And I don't understand what Kyle does not understand about that. If you have been following along, If you follow Carl on Instagram for the last year, this man has been traveling across fucking America, going into bars and liquor stores to promote this fucking alcohol. Okay, he does come off like the face of the brand. And let's be honest, no one's buying this alcohol because it tastes good. They're buying it because of Amanda's designs. Let's be for real Um, because it's not it's not the best beverage I've ever had. Um, it's definitely not worth $70 for like a six pack, like get, be fucking for real, please. Um, and Carl was just saying like, I'm burnt out. Like I'm traveling a lot. I'm I'm going and that's just for where he is at with his sobriety. He's like, I don't want to be doing this. And so Kyle to then be like, I gave him a job when he had nothing. What the fuck is wrong with you? Honestly, I am so disgusted by that. I can't even tell you. For Kyle to sit there and be like, he was on Coke and I told him that he couldn't do Coke anymore. Now, this is obviously when they were at the dinner when like everything was popping off Um, and him being like, I gave him a job when he had fucking nothing for four years, blah, 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 blah. Like I made him the VP of sales when he had nothing. What is fucking wrong with you? He was in the middle of using, he was dealing with his brother's death. Um, he's decided to get sober and you're now throwing that in his fucking face. If there is one thing I hate, it's when someone does something nice for someone else and then throws it in their face. That is so fucked up to me and I'm so pissed at Kyle it's such a nasty thing to do and for Kyle to be like, all right, well, like we'll have a talk about it. And, and Kyle, Carl, sorry, their names are like all the same. Carl was like, okay, yeah. Like I would love that. I would love to have a talk with you and Nick who is, I'm assuming like the other owner or other investor. Um, You know, I think Carl's going through a lot. I think, like I said, he's, you know, with someone he wants to be with for the rest of his life. He's thinking about proposing. Obviously we know that he does. And he's like, is this really what I want to do? Like, I'm feeling burnt out and he's unhappy and he's just trying to figure out what he really wants. And Kyle's his friend. And it's, like, not getting that. And it's – it was really upsetting to watch. Um, Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must-not-take-yourself-too-seriously and
0: 6-1-since-that-matters and – what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to download the new Bumble now.
1: And then, you know, later on in the night, obviously, we see the shenanigans again between Kyle and I, it's kind of funny is like everyone goes is going to bed early now. Like everyone's like I'm so fucking exhausted. I really think COVID did I mean I know COVID did in a number on all of us because I'm the same way. Like I feel like I used to stay up a little bit later. I now am strictly like going to bed at 10:30. You cannot tell me anything. I'm fucking sleeping. Um and Kyle is just like that little kid that's like, "Mom, mom, mom, look what I can do." Mom, mom. And he like does like a somersault and you're like, "Okay." cool. Cool. You're awesome. You're so fun. Um, And then seeing Danielle and Lindsay together was so emotional for me because I really loved them as friends. And I'm really sad that now we know where they are. And, like we see where their relationship is right now. And seeing them together with Carl and even Danielle was like, yeah, Carl, like you're working your ass off. You deserve to be compensated fairly. I don't think Carl's getting paid that much, to be honest, from doing all of this. And he also, I mean, the elephant in the room is, this is their job now. Bravo is their job. So for Kyle to be like, oh, Lindsay doesn't have a job, it's like, well, she does. She does. Um, it's this, what you're doing right now, filming the show and doing press and everything like that. That's part of the job. Um. Yeah. It, so that made me sad. And then, you know, obviously Danielle is saying that her and Robert are in like this amazing place. And we obviously know that that's not true. There was always something a little off to me about her and Robert. I never understood this like, oh yeah, he's like leaving and traveling to do this and this and this, but we're living together and we're so in love. And I'm like, what? I don't know if I'd be on board with all that. um, Guys, when that shot in Paige's kitchen was a fucking jump scare with Craig's raspy ass voice. I was like, oh, it was like a ghost. I was like, who's in the kitchen? And I actually really appreciate Paige's like outlook on this relationship. She was like, yeah, like we love each other. We're in this relationship. If we see each other, we see each other. If we don't, we don't. But like we're committed. And she's like, just because I'm 30 doesn't mean I want to get married. And I know Craig had a very different perception of this because if you guys remember like he was saying that he wanted to propose around their one year which is like it would have been like september october 2022 and obviously we know that that didn't happen and um i think craig really was riding this high of like oh my god we're bravo's new it couple we're this and that and we got to propose and we got to like build on this and like really capitalize on it and Paige was like no we're good you know guys i love Paige. I do. There's a part of me that just I can't quit her. I can't quit that bitch. I can. not And she was talking about the poached egg. She's like my Scorpio sister, you know? Like, I just can't – I can't not love her. Um. So then we're in Kyle and Amanda's apartment – I have to tell you, Amanda's dogs are so fucking cute the way that they just like sleep in her arms while she's talking to him. I I was so distracted. I had no idea what they were really talking about. Obviously I do, but you guys get what I'm saying. I'm being dramatic. And, um, Kyle was talking about Carl and was like, you know, he went on this vacation and he didn't even tell us blah, blah, blah. And Amanda's like, I can't even go on vacation until Kyle. I'm like, okay, that's weird that's really weird like kyle seems so controlling like he seems so just like he's so in it and he it's like kind of scary to me because i'm like also amanda like are you okay like you're living with this kind of energy like and she's so chill and laid back i feel like that energy is like really tough for her to be around all the time especially not only that but like work with that um and carl's allowed to go be about be- go be a groomsman in a wedding. He's allowed to do that. And then Kyle's like, you know, we lost this account, we did this, Like he hasn't ever reached out. It's like okay, but then, you know, maybe that's a conversation you guys need to have. Ka- clearly Carl's unhappy. Carl's not doing his job, and that's that's that, basically. You know, like they need to have a conversation, and obviously, then we go to the Hamptons, and Kyle's having a fucking childish meltdown at dinner. You're telling me everyone's always like, Lindsay's always in the middle of drama. Lindsay's always and car and Kyle's not. Kyle's making a fucking scene at this table, storming up, getting off, you know, running away. Danielle's like, "What are you talking about? Kyle's now talking about how Carl did Coke. Daniel's like, what? He is our friend. Why are you talking to him? Why are you talking about this? Why are you bringing this up right now if this was years ago? It's just hurtful and it's mean. It's mean spirited. And for Kyle to sit there and say, because he's running around doing press tours right now, saying that Lindsay's the most calculated person he knows. No, he's not. It's, it's you. You're the problem. I'm worried I'm really worried I hope the fans rally around Carl I hope Carl stays strong and I hope Carl basically says fuck you to Kyle because the way Kyle is talking about his quote-unquote best friend and business partner is disgusting disgusting I'm not having it this episode was much better than last week's I will say um there was a lot more happening. It it's weird watching Maya and Oliver together because they did break up in September. And I'm also just like not that invested in Maya. Like I just kind of don't care. Um. Oh, I also forgot about Gabby. Um. I, I'm interested. I'm you know. It's not really doing too much for me. Um. Yeah, I enjoyed her parents. I liked her parents. They were like they were cute, but. Overall, you know, I I like my OGs. I like I like those people who are like bringing it. Um. All right. Well, this episode was so much fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will see you guys on Friday. Bye. Ahora Media Production.